This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Baseball season, it comes and goes. But Crawford Bach just flows and flows. It's the Bach to drink any time of year. You don't need a reason because it's a dang good beer. You can rock the Bach at a music festival or rodeo, Shakespeare in the Park, or Lowrider Car Show. It's the Bach for bonfires and happy hour, South Padre, even your next baby shower. So share a Crawford Bach anytime with your favorite gals and bros. And when baseball season comes back, let's go Strohs! This episode of Astrocast is brought to you by Carbach Brewing. Carbach Brewing. Greetings from Minute Maid Park, where today the Houston Astros continue their final homestand of the year with the first of three against the Arizona Diamondbacks. Astros took two out of three from the Rangers to start this homestand, including a 2-1 to one win last night. Robert Valdez struck out 11, allowed a run over six and a third innings. Kyle Tucker had a two-run homer as the Astros have won two in a row. The Diamondbacks, they missed out on a sweep of the Angels, losing yesterday 7-3 to three in Anaheim. Astros 25-25. and 25. Second in the AL West, six games behind Oakland. The Diamondbacks 19 and 32. That's last in the National League West, 17 games behind the Dodgers. Let's take a look at today's pitching matchup presented by Houston Methodist. Houston Methodist is proud to be the official health care provider for the Houston Astros. Houston Methodist leading medicine. It'll be Zach Greinke on the mound for the Astros. First time he's facing the Diamondbacks since the Astros acquired him from Arizona last season. And Greinke, a 3.77 ERA in 10 starts so far this year. Yeah, and he's exactly what the Astros were hoping they were going to get when they when they traded for him at the deadline last year. Uh, he's he's at the top of their rotation now with Verlander out, and he's somebody they're going to lean on these last ten games of the season to propel them into the playoffs. He changes speeds as well as anybody. He's got as as good a control as anybody in baseball. And I know those last couple of games don't look that great as far as results, but uh, when you look at the stuff, everything uh, matches up the same with, with uh, Grinky. You know what you're going to get. Meanwhile, it's Zach Gallon on the mound for Arizona and 3.15 ERA for him this season. His last two starts a little rocky, but he's been good pretty much since he got to the big leagues last year. Very consistent. You know, somebody that they've been able to count on, too, those last two starts notwithstanding. So uh, he's a pitcher that we saw earlier this year in, in Arizona, and he's one of the more impressive pitchers that the Astros have seen. Uh, he's got a good downhill fastball. He can elevate when he needs to. He's got a really good cut fastball. And he was just somebody who looked polished, a very young pitcher who looked polished at the big league level. Welcome back. Keys to the game presented by Honda. Visit your local Greater Houston Honda dealers for great deals in all models. Honda, the official sponsor of the Houston Astros. Well, it's been a disappointing year for the Arizona Diamondbacks. It's been an up-and-down year, mostly down. And this is a team they were expecting to, to really contend this year. But, you know, you look at their offense, there are a lot of guys that they were expecting to, to really do some things offensively who are underperforming for them. That's exactly right. You know, and, and what do they do from here? You know, that's the, that's the question. Is this uh, – what is this season? We don't really know because of the pandemic and what everybody's had to go through this year. And, you know, we can say the same thing about some of the players on this Astros offense and, and wonder uh, if, the, if this is an illusion or not. So uh, underperforming, yeah, the Arizona Diamondbacks, up and down, yeah, uh, but we don't know what that means. 
We'll be back with Astros manager Dusty Baker after this, and a little later we'll hear from Astros reliever Ryan Presley. But now this from your local station. What's even easier than hitting a home run into the Crawford boxes? Deep to left field, and you can kiss that goodbye into the Landry's Crawford boxes. How about cracking open a delicious Crawford Bach? Carbox Crawford Bach pairs perfectly with peanuts, stadium dogs, and a good seventh-inning stretch. Plus, a portion of the proceeds from each beer goes to the Astros Foundation to support community initiatives. So root, root, root for the Astros with a cold Crawford Bach this season. Pitch on the way. And that's a ground ball left side on one hop. Fielded by Bregman. Straights up, throws to first, and that is the ball game. Brooks Raley with his first career save as the Houston Astros defeat the Texas Rangers 2-1, taking two out of three in the series. Robert Valdez striking out a career-high tying 11 in six and a third innings to get the victory. Well, the Astros got a, a nice win over the Rangers yesterday to take the series, 2-1 to one victory. And Ryan Presley had worked the previous two games, so you – Called upon Brooks Raley to, to get the save in the ninth inning, wound up being his, his first career save. Uh, going into last night's game, did you peg Raley as, as a guy who could pitch the ninth inning in a safe situation, or did it just really depend on, on the matchups and, and how the game unfolded? No, you know, more depended on the matchups. I mean, the three people that I had um, slated for the possible save, you know, were probably James, um, that, 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 that I might add, he threw a heck of a uh, a hold situation. I mean, I mean, he was uh, he's he's been throwing the ball great. And I had James, Rayleigh, and also uh, you know Paredes as 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 possibles. And so the way the game uh, ended, you know, with Gallo up uh, and 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 ensuing hitters, um, you know, um, you know, we we're afraid of the big first baseman because he is left-handed, real real really good. But with the new rules, when you have to you know, leave a guy in there for three batters. If he starts, if he comes in the inning uh, with nobody out. Uh, so, you know, we were – I figured he had a pretty good chance of getting Gallo, but uh, the big first baseman, Curacao, uh, you know, like he's a he's, he's a pretty menacing uh, sight. And, and when he hit that ball down to, um, to Breggy to end the game, uh, I mean, I could just see, uh, you know, Rayleigh's face light up. And I asked him after the game, I said, hey, was that your first – first save and he says yeah first big league save I says really and so you know he's been you know he's been a welcome addition you know to the team and to the bullpen we're getting to you know the final stretch here with with 10 games remaining including tonight's game uh before a potential postseason for the Astros and obviously you've gone all year not using your relievers more than than two days in a row now that we're at a point where, you know, the Astros are, are trying to clinch a playoff spot and potentially playing for, uh, you know, certain seating or what have you, would you consider uh, using relievers three days in a row here over the, the last uh, week and a half of the season? Well, it all depends, you know, like who, you know, who he is, uh, number one. And uh, for years, uh, you know, I never liked to use – uh, relievers, if I if I could help it, other than a closer, probably, you know, three days in a row, because the closers, I mean, they can get four days in a row, and then they don't have a closing situation for another week to ten days. And uh, I, I read something years ago by, um, um, you know, uh, some top pitching coaches, Dave Duncan, uh, I think Dave Rigetti, um, and also uh, Leo Mazzoni, um, where they had had determined that. 
the first day the league's average for relievers uh, was like a ERA of uh, like 2.0 or 2.2 or something like that. And then the second day is always seemingly the best. It would bound to like in the ones or, or the high ones. And then if they threw that third day, it would go up to four. And so like I've always, you know, you know, use that as a, or if they, or if they've gone twice and get up in the bullpen and get hot, that counts as a, as a day. So uh, it doesn't always, um, uh, you know, work out like that, but uh, I, 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 that's what I've always done as a general rule. You uh, get an addition to your bullpen with uh, Blake Taylor coming off the injured list and, you know, hearing from general manager James Click on, on Sunday about Taylor uh, with the with the elbow issue, it sounded like more than anything, you know, Taylor has worked a lot as a starter in the minor league, still pretty new to relieving. It sounded like more than anything, he just he just kind of kind of needed a break, and now is is hopefully fresh for the stretch run. Oh well, he did, and I, I asked him because I, I think he had relieved some last year, uh, and uh, and he said he he never had it, uh, you know, that feeling of of a tired dead arm and so uh you know fortunately for us you know we had you know cnl perez and and we had brooks Raley, you know to to you know pick up the slack on you know from that left side but it's great having blake back as he was like been a major part of this you know of this club and especially to start the year we didn't know what we had but you know the hitters on our club during the inter squad games uh you know they were raving about uh you know taylor stuff and so uh, it was, you know, great having him back. Uh, you know, he didn't, you know, he didn't report it. Actually, Moldy came to me and, and told me that, you know, he, he had a dead arm. And you could tell by he started, you know, walking people. His velocity was still good, but his location and control, you know, wasn't nearly as good. And so I asked him, I said, how come you didn't come tell us? And he said, you know, he was afraid to, like most rookies are, he didn't want to get you know, sent down or even go in a training room. And so they say, hey, man, you know, we don't we don't operate like that here. And uh, I guess he had talked to some other guys from other organizations. But, you know, like, you know, we try to really take care of our own. So I'm just glad we got, you know, Blake back. When the Astros played the Diamondbacks in early August, uh, you had Zach Greinke. He was in a position he could have started one of the games of that series, but he wound up starting in the next game. Uh, in the next series against Oakland. I remember at the time you talked about uh, one of the reasons for that was you didn't want him to face his old team. Uh, he's going to face his old team tonight. Do you generally think uh, in those situations that the the hitters have the advantage over the over the pitcher? Well, if they were paying attention, you know what I mean? Depends on who was paying attention the most. Uh, but at the time, you know, we'd, we, we would have rather had him face Oakland because that's who we were chasing Right. At the time. And then now when I look at their lineup and being his old team is not his old team, you know, because they uh, in their lineup, they got Rojas, Van, you know, Van Meter, uh, Peralta, I mean, uh, Smith, Varsho, Boyd, uh, you know, Jay, half these guys weren't even on the team. when you know, when, you know, when Grinky was there, they're a totally different lineup than when we saw him the first time. And so it's not like he's facing his old team outside of a couple guys over there. All right, Dusty Baker, thanks so much for joining us, and uh, good luck tonight. All right, Robert, thank you. See you later. This episode of AstroCast is brought to you by Carbock Brewing. This is Steve Sparks, ahead of a three-game series with the Arizona Dimebacks. Uh, I've got the Astros closer, Ryan Presley, with me today. Ryan, how's it going, man? This season has flown by, hasn't it? 
Sure has. I mean, you look down and you got 60 games, you look up, you only got 11 left. So what's it like for you this year, uh, the last 40 games or so, man? You're the closer. You're the guy in the ninth inning. How different is that for you uh, rather than the seventh or eighth inning? Uh, it's not necessarily any different. Uh, you still got to go out and get three outs. Um, you know, you could add more pressure on yourself if you want to. Uh, yeah, it's self-induced, right? Yeah. Um, I try not to do that, obviously. Um, but, you know, I, I got a pretty solid defense behind me, and I got three hell of catchers behind me, too. So um, I, I kind of trust everybody and everything that they do behind me. So it kind of makes me a lot more relaxed when I'm out there. You know, I'd be relaxed with your curveball and your slider, too. <laughs> hey, tell me about the, the curveball and the slider. Is it something that you've had since you were in high school or college, or is it something that you have to tweak every once in a while to keep sharp? Um, you know, I learned it from a guy who spent a, quite a few years in the big leagues, got a couple no-hitters. Um, Steve Busby taught me oh, yeah. when I was a lot younger. Um, he wouldn't let me throw it until I was of age, I guess. <laughs> Uh, it, and it took me a little time to kind of, you know, get a hang of it and start to be able to throw it for a strike. But, um, you know, it does take a little time because, you know, my mind spins so much and mm -hmm. it's kind of hard to hone that in the zone. Uh, but once I get the feel for it and start spinning it in there for a strike, it kind of just comes second nature. When, when he taught you those breaking pitches, was it something that came pretty quickly as far as the, the tight rotation? You know, I, I don't know. I think it was because I learned it at such a young age. Um, that was the only thing I really knew. So, uh, you know, I just worked on it more and more and more as I got older. So, um, you know, I, I, I don't know. It's kind of one of those things that it's like if you're, if you're taught to hit left-handed, you're going to hit left-handed. So it's just how you're going to perfect it as older you get. How do you decide uh, whether or not to start a hitter off with a curveball or slider, are you looking at a certain guy's swing path? Or I know it's the scouting reports, but how do they come about? Uh, you know, we have scouting reports, obviously, like you said before the game. Um, mm -hmm. However, Maldi's back there through the entire game, and yeah. you know, this game is about making adjustments. And you know, hitters do it just as much as pitchers do. So uh, it could be a guy that is in that lineup who has made an adjustment throughout that game, and you know, Maldi sees it. And if he doesn't want to throw a curveball with this guy's susceptible to curveballs we might flip to a slider or a fastball to kind of catch him off guard um even though his scattering report does say to throw him a curveball right here but like i said it does like you got to make in-game adjustments and maldi's pretty pretty solid about doing that behind the plate so he's he, he's able to see a lot more things than we are 60 feet away yeah i gotta ask you this because the uh composition of the bullpen this year is very young and it's crazy to think just a few years ago you were one of those fresh faced relief pitchers and now I mean you're you're experienced uh have you had to kind of nurture these guys along and teach them some of the tricks oh, man, I'm the old man down there I know you are how uh, did that happen so quickly right Just, I mean a blink of the eye you know grandpa Joe's not there anymore so I gotta <laughs> pick up the flag yeah uh no they're a good group of kids man they they work hard they they ask questions throughout the game and um you know I just try to tell them like look everybody puts their pants on one leg at a time, just like everybody yeah. else. So don't let the names intimidate you because you're just as good enough to be up here as they are. So just go out there, pitch your game, throw to your strengths, and you should be able to take care of business like you like you did in the minor leagues. So yeah. just don't, I just try to keep them a little grounded and not try to get too big for the moment. But for the most part, these guys have done a pretty good job. Most of the time uh, a pitcher gets to the big leagues and he's been a starter in the minor leagues. So you get to the big leagues, and a lot of times when you're a relief pitcher, you haven't warmed up that way. 
tell people the difference between warming up as a starter as as opposed to somebody that's under the fire you got to get ready quickly and it's a it's a completely different ball game yeah um, you have your whole routine from this actually the night before you go to sleep to the second you get to the field to the second you pick up a ball on the in the bullpen mount or to play long toss as a starter right. as a reliever you just kind of have to show up to the field and Fly by the seat of your pants, yeah, right? Fly by the seat, like make sure your body's ready to go that day. And um, you know, obviously, if you're hurting that day, let let our pitching coaches know, and they'll they'll put you down. But uh, for the most part, it's just you got to get your body ready. There's no excuses. You know, we might need, especially in the postseason, um, you got to do whatever you got to do to keep that body ready. Say if than you have harder. if you have three pitches, Ryan, how do you get ready? I mean, what do you want to go into the ball game with? Two pitches minimum. Um, well, it's kind of I'm, obviously everybody's a little bit more different when you know they warm up and uh-huh. the way that I warm up in the bullpen is a little bit more unusual than the way other guys do um, simply for the fact because I've been down there a lot longer and I know how to get my body ready right uh, but I won't throw any breaking balls in the bullpen when I'm warming how about up that? Um, in theory I always think that if I'm able to get my fastball release point you throw everything out of that fastball release point interesting so, when I'm down in the bullpen, it's just more about getting loose. Just try to get loose, and then you obviously get eight more pitches and however much time is on the clock out there. Right. So, for me, you know, it's just get loose, and then once I throw that first breaking ball, it's usually the first first breaking ball throw of the game. How about that? That's interesting. Okay, last thing I want to ask you about, Ryan, uh, talking with Ryan Presley, the Astros closer. These road trips are a lot different. You guys go to a city, and, you know, and usually you're free to do whatever till you go to the ballpark. These days, you guys are, are holed up in, in these hotels. Is it a lot different for you? It is. You know, a lot of guys need uh, need to decompress, you know, and yeah. whether that being going to the bar and having a beer or, you know, just going to play some video games with your friends in the other room. You're right. You know, go you for a walk. Yeah, yeah, go for a walk around the hotel or just going to see the city and kind of taking your mind away from baseball because it is a long season, but, you know, obviously it's a short season this year, but games sure. are a lot more meaningful. Um you do need that time to kind of, you know, just walk around and, you know, FaceTime your family or call your family, your kids. Your mind whatever. Off. Yeah, whatever you got to do to take your mind off. But being secluded in one room and you can't really see your teammates outside of the field, it, it, it kind of stinks to the fact because, like, that's how you develop, you know, team chemistry and, and friendships that usually last a lot longer than how long you play baseball. Sure. So, um, for the most part, it, it kind of stinks that you got to stay in the hotel room the whole time. But, um, you know, we love playing this game, and we'll do whatever we got to do to play this game. All right, that's Ryan Presley. Uh, they're going to count on you. Uh, there's a lot more games left, but uh, playoffs right around the corner. Thanks for catching up, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. AstroCast is poured for you by Carbock Brewing. Get highlights, interviews, the latest news surrounding MLB, and your Astros. Brought to you by Carbock Brewing. Looking up. See you later. Into the Landry's Crawford boxes. Subscribe to AstroCast. Expecting a great season with this Astros team. The official podcast of the Houston Astros. It's going to be a lot of fun the whole way. Another 3-2. And Tucker hits it in the air pretty deep to right. It sends back Gallo at the wall. Against the wall, he leaps, and that ball is gone. A two-run home run for Kyle Tucker. And the Astros lead it. Two to nothing on Tucker's ninth of the year. Boy, just got enough of it. That was in on him a, a little bit, but Kyle strong enough to get it into the second row in right field. All right, questions for Kyle Tucker. Kyle, do you think that ball is going to get out? Um, I mean, it was questionable. 
uh, I mean, I landed in like the first seat out there. Um, I was hoping for it, obviously, but um, it was close. You know, Gal gave it a nice, nice effort. Almost, almost got it, but you know, I'm happy it got out. And those, those are runs on the board for us. Dusty just talked about. I mean, we've kind of seen you get a little frustrated during this this slump, and you don't usually show a ton of emotions. I, I guess how are you able to kind of compartmentalize your frustration and then come out and play a little better? Um, I mean, yeah, it's frustrating when you know you're not doing well or you know the team isn't winning games at the time, and um, you just gotta try and hold it together as long as you can and as best as you can, and try and just get through it and. You know, hopefully things will turn around, and you know, we've been winning some games here lately, so that's a that's a good sign, and we'll just try and keep that going. Questions for Michael Braley. Michael, I know you don't pay attention to standings or anything, but getting a three-game lead for that second spot, does that mean anything more, given that you guys are going to go to Seattle here in the next couple of days? Well, we got a lot of season left still. I mean, we got plenty of games left, so we got to go out there every day and compete at a high level. Um, can't look behind you. you Got to make sure you just handle other games that we have. You know, at a moment one day at a time. What have you made of the offense the last four or five games? It seems like it's kind of been a struggle a little bit for you guys, minus that ninth inning against Jansen and LA. I mean, this is a short season, so everything's magnified. Uh, this is baseball. You're gonna go through ups and downs. You're gonna go through tough stretches, good stretches. Uh, hopefully, tomorrow we're having a conversation how you know we scored ten runs, but um, you know. You know, this is a big league. It's a good team on the other side. You got to compete every day, and we're lucky enough, you know, just score enough today to win. Uh, come along, especially in the power department in the last step. Like we talk about all the time, he's a great baseball player. Uh, it takes time. You know, I mean, this was, you know, a quick season. And I know everything's magnified, like I said before. And, you know, we all put pressure on ourselves to perform at a high level with a short period. But you got to understand this is baseball. Uh, you're going to go through ups and downs. Uh, he's one of the best players on this team for a reason. He shows it day in and day out how he competes and how he's a leader. And uh, he's on our team. Michael, does this feel like a, a normal playoff race? No. I mean, I feel like we're just getting started. We're just getting into the groove. Uh, but at the same time, uh, this is a playoff race. Uh, but that's why you got to go with the mindset every day of competing at a high level, you know, playing a clean game and scoring enough for, you know, more runs than they do. Um, you know, it happened quick. Obviously, this year was, you know, only 60 games. But uh, if we handle what we have to do every day and take care of our end, we'll be just fine. Questions for Fromber Valdez. <clears throat> Fromber, how good was your curveball tonight? Well, I love it. It was uh, – my, my curveball was about 97% as good <laughs> as it could be. Uh, but, I, no, it was, it, was, it was 100%. It was, it was really good tonight. It was, it was exactly what I wanted it to be. Fromber, after your last two starts probably hadn't gone the way that you wanted to do, what, was, uh, what did you do between your last start and this start to kind of refocus, and what was different out there tonight? Yeah, I didn't change anything in my routine because the routine that I've had to this point has really worked well for me. Um, and it wasn't a matter of some things going bad exactly. It's just that guys executed against me. The batters executed against me, and, it, and it's things that happens in baseball. Sometimes you're good today, you're bad tomorrow. Uh, you just got to keep working. So I didn't change anything in my routine. I just focused a little bit harder, worked a little bit harder to make sure that uh, things could come out well for me today. And, and I did that, and, and I had a success because of it. What I need to do is be even more aggressive than normal to begin the innings, uh, to begin the game. I mean, I need to take the mentality that it's in the fifth or sixth inning. I mean, sometimes when I've gotten into tough spots or they scored a couple runs on me is when I get to that next level of aggressiveness and I, and I tune it up a little bit. 
So I think I need to work on, and I will work on, uh, taking that mentality into the start of the game, just being aggressive from the very beginning. Looked like he was either smiling or laughing at uh, at a couple plays Correa made today. Is it reassuring for him knowing if a ball gets past the mound that Correa could make the plays like he does? Yeah, uh, I can't always uh, I can't always make the plays, and it feels really good to have Correa behind me to know that he he's going to be there to make the plays behind me. Um, sometimes like the ball that I slipped on the mound and I, I couldn't get to it, and I know that he's going to be there behind me. Um, he's always in the right position, and he's a great defender. So I was just laughing to myself um, that I couldn't uh, that I couldn't keep my balance on that one, but. Yeah, it's great to have him behind us in the defense. Yeah, this is an important stretch for us down the stretch here. So it was a big win for us, obviously. Um, and I feel like um, it's, it's a big one for us. And I feel like I'm a good player. Um, and, I, and I really feel that the team can needs to, to trust in, in winning these big games down the stretch so that we can win um, and get into the playoffs where we should be and get there comfortably without without complicating the situations too much. So it's, it's important for us to take every one of these games seriously down the stretch. And uh, this was a big win in, in a step toward the playoffs for us. Yeah, I always do everything, every part of my job at 100%, whether it be in the gym, whether it be during practice in the bullpen, um, and then in the mound in the real game. Because, I mean, that's the only way that I can have the results that I want to have is putting 100% into everything I do and being intense in every single part of my game. And that, that extends beyond just the mound, that extends into the gym, that extends into the bullpen. So it's a matter of just putting everything that I have into everything. 100% all the time, um, and, and hope for the best results because of that. And that's a ground ball left side on one hop, fielded by Bregman, straights up, throws to first, and that is the ball game. Brooks Raley with his first career save as the Houston Astros defeat the Texas Rangers 2-1. to one. Getting your name called in the ninth and, and knowing the situation and the importance of the game, being two and a half ahead of Seattle, and, you know, just want to help the team and, and doing it five pitches and being a clean inning is always nice, but... No, it was, it was definitely special. I'm glad I got that ball. Since you joined the team, how close have you gotten with not only the peop the, the other pitches in the bullpen, but as the starting rotation as well? Yeah, I feel like this is a very tight-knit group. I really enjoyed getting to know all the veteran players. I mean, they've, they've embraced me and open arms. Uh, I've known Presley since our twin days um, back in 14. And, um you know, played against lots of these guys, played against George back in the day when I was still with the Cubs. Um, but, yeah, the uh, the younger rookies and, and obviously the rotation and getting to talk to Zach Greenke and pick his brain and talk to Lance. And, you know, I, I've got nothing but good things to say about these guys. They're all good teammates. Brooks, kind of going off of that, uh, can you tell us a little bit about the relationship you have with Coach Strom and the influence that he's had on you since coming here to Houston? Uh yeah, I mean, I think that his record and uh, with pitchers has uh, speaks for itself. Obviously, he's very intelligent, very very sharp. He's uh, he understands how players kind of tick. I think that's kind of what he dives into from the beginning. And you know, he found a few things that thought he thought would really help me um, as far as pitch location, um, you know, my options, and, and and really what kind of defies me as a, especially as a reliever. Um, you know, how to be great and how to be good at what I do. And, you know, just kind of categorizing that, make it very simple, make it an easy process and just going, to, you know, um, executing that. So I think I've done a really good job on the execution side, but I think the plan's been great as well. Earlier this year, Dusty talked about, you know, how big of a problem the walks were and how he wasn't, you know, it, it was just something that was becoming a small concern. But you all cut down on that this, this last three games. You only allowed two walks throughout the whole three games. How good is that to, you know, get that, that issue fixed? 
I mean, I think it's always going to be a battle when you have guys with elite stuff. Um, obviously, you want to see the walk to strikeout be better. It's something that obviously everybody's aware of. But when you have guys like Scrub and, and some of these younger players, they have elite stuff. And, you know, it's it's finding a way to, to create that, you know, um, I guess attack plan and being in the zone. Um, but when you're trying to kind of harness it all at a young age and all these guys are still figuring a lot of things out, they're doing a very good job in, in adjustments. Um, but it just kind of goes hand in hand with stuff. You want to have stuff first and you really get into execution and, and consistency. Um, but I think the last couple of days, you know, you got to tip your hat to the starting pitchers. Those guys have been unbelievable and they kind of set the tone for those games, really established themselves in the zone and in and out and kind of made it easier on the relievers for sure. Hey Brooks, I have a question. Um, you might have a unique perspective on this because you were gone from uh, the majors for five years. How much has analytics and what you know now about your pitching style changed in the five years you were gone uh, from the time you went to Korea? It's funny you ask that. I, I think, you know, had this been five years ago, I don't know if I ever make it to Asia. Um, I think a lot of my stuff really plays with where the analytics are now with spin rates and, and movement and um, kind of finding your, your place in this game five years ago is more based off of your numbers or your limited, um, you know, reps per se. Um, but for me, when I went to Asia, it was analytics didn't exist there. In the last couple of years, they started to, and I kind of recognized, hey, I got some really good stuff. I need to get back over there and kind of land in the right place. But, um, you know, going to the Reds first with driveline, that was always my goal. And then, you know, ended up over here with obviously the analytics and department that they have here and what they're invested in. I mean, I don't think I could have found a better place to land. All right. Uh, questions for Blake Taylor. Blake, when you went on the IL, um, Dusty said that you were trying to battle through some things and hinted that, you know, you might've been better uh, served by coming forward a little sooner. Um, do you kind of agree with that? What, what were you kind of going through and how tough is that when you want to go out there and compete and you're not feeling well? Um, yeah, I completely 100% agree with that. You know, I, I went into that. I said, hey, like, you, you can get through this. You can get through this. You can get through this. And it came to a point where it was, like, affecting my pitching, affecting a lot of the stuff that I didn't realize was affected, going to get affected by this. And being a rookie, I, I wasn't quite sure how to go about it. And I'm not, it's not an excuse in any way, shape, or form. But now I, it was a big learning process for me. I learned a lot from that. And the conversations I had with training staff, with Dusty, with our pitching coach, with some players that have been through something like this, they said, this is going to be the best learning point for you. We're just glad that it's a small, it was a smaller learning point and not something major that happened. And now that I know that I can, I can have an open line of communication with everybody on the team, that something like this won't happen ever like hopefully that something like this won't happen again in the near future at all how do you feel now um and and how do you how do you feel you're ready to take the ball here in these last 10 games i feel i feel great i feel like i uh, did a lot of exercises to help strengthen my arm and to help the inflammation go down a lot of recovery work and just kind of learned how to learn learned how to listen to my body you know there's a lot of stuff i'm going to be incorporating into my routine that i was doing to rehab myself coming back that our training staff showed us. There's a lot of stuff that our strength staff showed us that I could eliminate a lot of the stress I put on my forearm and elbow by carrying stuff. So we use other like BFR to use lighter weights to simulate heavier weight. So there's a lot of stuff I'm going to be adding into my routine from this. And like I said before, it was a good learning process for me. 
Blake, I want to ask you, away from the field, um, was there any of your uh, friends or family affected by the wildfires in California? You know, yeah, the, the, the wildfires, norm, like they're, normally around this time of year, there always are wildfires. And a lot of my friends and family live down in like Tribuco Canyon or Black Star Canyon, Santiago Canyon, all those canyons out there. And those, those tend to get a little fiery. But I think the worst part about these fires right now for them is the air quality down there. A lot of them live close to it or even like the winds are strong down there right now. And a lot of them like have to like the mask thing is obviously still in effect there, but it's actually good that they are wearing masks and enforcing masks because the air quality there can from time to time get pretty bad and during these fire seasons and just uh, hopefully they're taking all the precautions and right, like looking at the weather and not because at any point in time, like these fires can change direction. Like these things are very unstable can never ever dictate where these things are going to go so hopefully they just continue looking at the weather and don't act too late if the fires do start coming towards them or getting worse or in any shape all right thank you blake thanks guys